Hi, and my name is Liz, and this is the Eyes of Wonder podcast. Thank you so much for joining in this week. Um, so <laughs> I just went through a giant fail. Um, I just recorded a whole podcast, and my microphone was messed up. So, um, <laughs> I'm really upset, <laughs> but I'm trying not to be. Um, because it was such a good podcast. Like, man, like everything was on point. I loved what I was saying. It was just a fantastic, fantastic podcast. So practice makes perfect, right? So that's the mindset we're going to have right now. Um, but my name is Liz. I'm glad you're here and listening wherever you are on, um, Spotify or on Apple or on Anchor. It just depends on your apps. Um, it's actually ironic that that happened because I'm going to be just transparent with you. Um, I don't necessarily feel like doing a podcast today. Um, I'm kind of in my feelings. Um, I'm a little upset about some things, a little frustrated, um, things that are not anyone's faults, things that are just circumstantial. Um, no one did anything or anything like that. Um, if you heard that cute little yawn, that's from my dog. Um, I tried putting him outside of the room today. Um, I'm in, I'm in our guest bedroom because my husband was home earlier. He's probably not home now, but I'm already set up in here. Um, he was here. So I just didn't want to interrupt him and whatever he was doing. And so I came in here, I set up, got everything ready to do this podcast, did it. And there was no sound on uh 29 minutes and 45 seconds of nothing so that was great um but like i said practice makes perfect we'll just assume that was a practice and we'll move on from there um but like i said i do have a dog hopefully he'll go back to sleep he was sleeping on my lap earlier i moved spots because my butt was hurting and so hopefully he'll go back to sleep um we're praying. But if you hear him bark or anything like that, he's a cute little wiener dog and I there's nothing I could do. <laughs> he's just so cute. Um, but he has to be by his mama because he's definitely a mama's boy. Um, literally, like I said, I had him outside the door and he was whining. He was scratching. I think he woke Scott up from a nap and Scott opened the door and was like, your dog is freaking out. So um, let them in. <laughs> Yay. All right. But today we're going to be talking about Joseph as the story. Um, I'm a children's director at my church and ironically enough, we were talking about Joseph earlier today. Um, so that's kind of where I got the idea from, but before we get farther in the story, I love words and, um, one of, we're going to be talking about one of the words that are like my favorite words in the English language. I think it's a great word. I think everybody should know this word. I think we should use this word more often. Um, but we all have favorite words, right? Or am I just the weird one? Which is totally fine if I'm weird. I'll own it. Um, but I have favorite words. I have three words that are like my all-time favorites. Um, flabbergasted. Fantastic word. So much fun to say. It's a great... I just love that. Flabbergasted. Like, I'm just flabbergasted. Like, you're shocked. You're awe. You're like, I'm confused. It's such a great word. And it 
fits so many emotions. Um, I like the word uh, facetious. Um, it's a fancy way to say sarcastic. And I just, I love that. Um, I just love that word facetious. It's just fun to say. And then, but my all time favorite word is actually the word we're talking about, which now that we're doing it again, it kind of makes sense. Um, but it's tenacity. Like I said, this morning, I didn't really feel like doing a podcast today, but I'm trying to do one every day or every, at least posting it every Sunday at six. Um, that's the goal. And so I'm trying to get this podcast out there and just consistency is important to me. And so we're going to try and be consistent with it. I know I took a break for like two weeks and that kills my soul, but it's fine. Um, can't do anything about the past, but tenacity is our, our, our word we're going to be talking about for the next couple weeks. Um, and we're going to be looking at Joseph for the next couple weeks, probably just because there's so much to unpack. Uh, there's not just like, it's not like, this is a lifetime kind of story. Um, it happens over a course of several, several years. So just so you know who Joseph is, um, Abraham, who is like the grandfather He's the patriarch of the Hebrew nation and the Israelite nation. And um, Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has a son named lots of sons, actually. But that's Joseph. Um, So Jacob. Jacob is an interesting character. If you ever want to do a really cool character study, do it on Jacob. Um, Lots of lots of different sides there. So Jacob wanted to marry this woman named Rachel and he loved Rachel loved 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 her and I can't remember his uncle or dad but the person over Rachel said sure but you got to work seven years for her so he worked seven years is able to marry Rachel but on the wedding night the dad uncle I can't remember who switches the girl and that culture they would not let the younger sister get married before the older sister. So he switched Rachel with Leah. So Leah ends up marrying Jacob and does the whole bit. And it's too late to back out at this point. And so Jacob's fuming. He's mad. And he ends up working another seven years and then has Rachel. Or then gets uh, marries Rachel. So you have sisters who are now married to the same dude who are, um, they kind of get themselves into like a rivalry. Um, cause Jacob clearly loves Rachel more, but Leah has more kids with Jacob. So while Rachel, like while Jacob loves Leah, Rachel, while Jacob loves Rachel, Jacob has a lot of sons through Leah they kind of have this like baby making war, if you will, um, between Leah and Rachel. So Leah ends up having six kids, six sons, and I believe a daughter. Um, and then her handmaid ends up like, they're like, oh, I'm too old now. Well, I still want to make babies and have more kids for Jacob. And so has the handmaid, her handmaid, sleep with Jacob. They have two more kids than uh, Rachel's handmaid has two kids with Jacob. And then Rachel finally in her old age has two kids. 
um, Benjamin and Joseph. Joseph is the older one. And Joseph, um, if you could imagine, okay, so your dad loves your wife, like loves, loves, loves your wife. Um, you can imagine like firstborn son, probably going to be the favorite. You're absolutely correct in this. And so while I read the story, I'm going to try not to, but I'm going to, it just happens because like, these are real people. And so they have personalities, they have good things, they have bad things about them. Um, we sometimes when we read the Bible, we just read it for surface level. And we don't think about like that these people are like ordinary people like me and you. Um, that they're they they don't have characters, they characteristics, they don't have like it's just black and white, like who they are, what they did, how that happened, who they are, what they did, how that happened, who they are, what they did, how they like like we think about like who, what did they do, what was their response, and that was it. What can we learn from what they did? <clears throat> Excuse me. But we miss the fact that these people have personalities. They have characteristics. Now, the Bible doesn't clearly state, of course, their personality all the time because it's not relevant. But at the same time, for me personally, I like to imagine who these people are just because it makes the Bible come to life. So if I make Joseph sound like a little bit of a arrogant 17 year old, it's because that's, that's how he is in my head. Um, you've been, you grew up with lots of different brothers, you know, you're your dad's favorite. And I mean, you can get an inflated head. And I definitely think that sometimes Joseph was too big for his bridges. And I think that got him into trouble a lot. I think that he thought he was all that in a bag of chips until he wasn't. And so I'm going to read from the scriptures because that's the most important place to read from um, as we go through the story. But it might take us a couple weeks to get through all of Joseph, like I said, because this is his whole life. So without further ado... If you want to follow along in your Bible, we are in Genesis chapter 37. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his flocks, father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the son of his father's wives, Bila and Zilpha. Those were the handmaids. Or the servants, you know. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. So, um, tattletaling. I mean, you never want, I mean, I have an older brother. I would get mad. So mad. If I did something wrong, and he would go and tell my mom or dad about it. Like, dude, I know I messed up. You don't need to be the one that tells them. Like, sometimes I'll tell him on the way home, like, hey, man, I had a bad grade in my test. And he'll come running in. Liz failed her test. I didn't fail my test. I just had a bad grade. But he would, be, I would make me so mad. Um, So I, I feel the brothers here. Like, your little brother is, like, going and telling your dad every bad thing you do. Like, I'd be a little upset with him, too, you know? 
Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age, but also was like the wife or the, the, the firstborn of the, 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 um, Rachel, who's the one he loves. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Okay. If you got 12 boys and you buy one of them, a monster car or a monster truck or anything like that, hoverboard, whatever, guarantee you're going to cause some resentment. You're going to cause a problem and you're probably going to end up on Dr. Phil. Unfortunately, Dr. Phil was not around during this time. So Joseph was not able and his brothers able to work this out. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Have you ever hated someone so much that you had literally nothing to say? That was nice. Like literally nothing. Like in the South, we, um, we like to think of, we say something mean, but then we go, oh, bless your heart after it or before it. Like, that makes it okay for what we said. Um, It doesn't. But, like, they literally had nothing nice to say about Joseph. Like, that's rough. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Now, here's the dream. Jacob said, or Joseph said, listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle, obviously, I'm reading into this, adding emphasis, because this is how I feel like it would be. Suddenly, my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before me. Okay. Joseph, I'm I'm not an expert, but your brothers already don't like you. I think you probably should have kept this dream to yourself. But that's just a that's just an observation, right? Like your brothers hate you and you're gonna tell them that they're gonna bow down to you. Like that's just gonna even make it worse, dude. So of course it did. So his brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream. All right, Joseph, like, just shush, shush your mouth. Shush. You don't need to tell them. They're going to get even more mad at you. Of course, he doesn't listen to me because I wasn't around this during this time. But Joseph tells his brothers a yet another dream he has. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me exclamation point this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers but his father scolded him okay good job jacob like be like joseph what are you talking about like you don't even tell these things to people like calm yourself you're not all that um of course joseph being the the favorite and the golden child he grew up thinking he was all that in a bag of chips So, his father scolded him, what kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous, and Joseph, his father, wondered what the the dream meant, 
So his brothers were mad. They were jealous of Joseph. But Jacob was like, huh, I wonder what that means. Um, soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to the pasture, their father's flock at Shechem. When they had been there, gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep in Shechem. Get ready and I will send them to you or send you to them. I'm ready to go. Joseph replied, I love that the Bible added this, and I don't know if it's in all of, like, in my version. It could be in different translations, different things. But in my head, I'm like, <laughs> Jacob is like, go, son. Go tell your brothers. Go check up on them. And Jacob, or Joseph is like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. It's like, I'm going to go tattletale. <laughs> Probably not that way. But it's interesting to think like that. Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me a report. So literally, go check them up, see what they're doing, and then come back and tell me. So Jacob sent him on his way. Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? He asked. Looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph found his brothers, followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. So they weren't where they were supposed to be, for one. So, I mean, I don't know how much you want to read into that uh, because obviously... Someone told Jacob that they're going to Shechem. They were in Shechem. They were somewhere else. Um, so I don't necessarily want to read too much into that. But, I mean, that could have been like, oh, he's going to tell him that we went to somewhere else. I mean, that happens. <laughs> like, when you were a kid and you were supposed to be somewhere and you weren't. You were somewhere else. Now, obviously, there's not a whole lot of here on the page that suggests that. But it is an interesting concept to think about. Because Joseph had to go and find them. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Like, whoa, man. That's, that's, that's harsh. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Obviously, there's not video here because I'm not that confident yet in my communication abilities. But I can just, like, if they lived in this time, I can see the brothers doing air quotes. A wild animal um, <laughs> has eaten him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. But then Reuben heard of their scheme. Now, Reuben, Reuben is a good guy. I mean, he's still a part of the brothers. They were probably still furious. But um, I think Reuben was more not so much thinking about Joseph as he was thinking about his father and the implications of what would happen if they killed Jacob. So... Reuben came to Joseph's rescue. Reuben says, let's not kill him. He said, why should we shed any blood? 
Let's just throw him in an empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he will die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to come rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So Reuben was not necessarily thinking of Joseph, I feel like, but he was more thinking of like Jacob and how Jacob would feel. Because, I mean, that's Reuben's dad too. And I know that if I have a brother and I would never want to do anything to harm my brother because I knew my dad would be upset about it or my mom. So I could understand what Reuben's thinking here. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful grove he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So these cisterns hold water, in case you were wondering. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders. Now, fun fact, Ishmaelite is from Ishmael. Ishmael is Isaac's brother. So it's Jacob's great uncle, I guess. No. No, Jacob's uncle. No. Yes. Jacob's uncle. Yes. Yes. Half uncle? Half uncle. Half uncle. Just kidding. <laughs> um, the Ishmaelites traders. And after all, he... Okay, hold on. Sorry. I don't want to get off on the wrong spot. Traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Gilead. Gilead? We're going to go with Gilead. It sounds better. Jesus said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? His blood would just give us a guilty conscience. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he's our own brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So Judah. Hmm, that name kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Like the Lion of Judah. Have you ever heard of that? Well, that's because... In Jesus' lineage, he comes from the tribe of Judah, who comes from Judah. Fun fact. Um, I don't know if it's really that fun for you, but it's fun for me. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern, sold him to them to them for 30, I'm sorry, that's not Jesus, for 20 pieces of silver. They sold Jesus for 30. Or Judas betrayed him for 30. He didn't really sell him, but betrayed him for 30. And the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. So obviously Reuben wasn't there when they sold the brother. Um, he it doesn't really say where he was, but there's 12 brothers. So you got to assume somebody's watching the sheep. So I'm assuming while they're eating, Reuben's out there watching the sheep. Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone! What will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat, dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with the message, Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said. It's my son's robe. Hold on. There you go. Sorry. He's my son's robe. 
A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Benini traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. So all of that is very important for next week. Um, but like I said earlier, like these guys, these brothers, they have, I mean, there's a lot of them, first of all. Um, there's Reuben, Issachar, Nephtali, Gad, Benjamin, Asher, Levi, Dan, Joseph, Judah, and Zebulon. Um, there's an acronym called RING. RINGS? Oh, it's Simeon. Sorry about Simeon. Um, RINGS, bald, JJZ. <laughs> That's what I learned in high school. Um, but it's just the first letter of all their names. Um, so you have, yeah, anyways, you have 12 brothers. Um, and they all have different personalities. They all have different characteristics. Um, and then they have one father. So they're all competing for the attention of their father. And because, I mean, that's what we do as children. We want to, like, have our dads be proud of us. I know. I'm, I mean, I'm not a guy, so I can't tell you what it's like for a son. But I could tell you that, like, when people tell me that my dad would have been so proud of me, like, I instantly want to cry. Because those words are just near and dear to my heart. Um, like, I want my dad to be proud of me. Uh, and so, with this story, like, this really happened. This is real. So, these, these brothers, they were so mad at their brother, they literally were going to kill him. Kill him. But one of them piped up and said, Nah, let's just throw him in a well. <laughs> let's just throw him in this pit and um, leave him for dead. But he was going to go back and get him. Because he knew what it was going to do with his dad. For his dad. And you can tell the emo You can hear the emotion in his voice when he comes back to the brothers and his brother's not in the pit. He's like, what happened? Where is he? I thought we were going to leave him there. Um... And I don't know if they told Reuben that they sold Joseph. I don't know that. I don't know if they just, the ones that did, that were there, um, that sold Joseph, they, like, are like, hey, let's just split the money between us and not all 12 of us or all 11 of us. Um, actually, Benjamin probably wasn't out there yet. So it would probably been just the, the 10 of them. And so... Um, cause Benjamin is younger than Joseph. And so you have this, this family dynamic that is so broken. Like I joked about them being on Dr. Phil, but like we all, our families aren't perfect. No, I've never met a perfect family and I've met a lot of families, 
I've met a lot of good families, but we're all human. So I've never met a perfect family. But I do know that tenacity is important in a family. Um, Never wanting to give up on each other. Unfortunately for Joseph, some of his brothers did want to give up on him. But there was a couple that didn't. Reuben and Judah didn't want to give up on him. Um, Judah sold him into slavery, um, which is unfortunate, but we all make bad choices sometimes. And I think, like, this is one of those things that these boys probably, these men, they probably regretted for most of their life. And in fact, I would be willing to bet a large amount of money that they did regret it. Because you can see it later on in the story when we get to chapters um, 40 and so on. Yeah. Um, But Joseph's life has like three stages. And in these three stages, you can see how tenacity is grown. Because tenacity is like a muscle. It's something that you have to stretch. It's something that doesn't naturally come easy for us. It's something that we have to constantly push through and constantly do. Um, It's the never giving up principle that no matter how hard something is, you keep trying at it until you figure out the solution. I've seen countless times where kids are like, I don't want to do this. This is too hard. And they just give up. But they don't, when they give up like that, they are, they're not able to exercise the tenacity muscle. And so when they get to the point where life really gets hard and it really sucks, they don't have that tenacity anymore. Um, like now, obviously, if you have kids, I do not. If you have kids, you know your kids best. But one of the things that I've seen recently is that kids just up and quit things. And they get bored with something and they're like, yep, I'm done. Instead of sticking with it and sticking through it. Um, Now, I'm not saying that's every child because that's a blanket assumption and I don't want to do that. But I have seen where parents... Now, I'm not trying to shame anybody. Please don't think that. Because I would never want to shame a parent. Ever. That's not the goal here. It's really not. It's just to open our eyes to what we're doing. And I like I said, I never want to make a parent feel inferior. I never want to make a parent feel like they're doing something bad. Like, that is not my goal at all in life. Like I said, I don't even have kids. You know your kids best. So if your kid needs to quit something, that is between you and them. But I have seen parents who just let their kids quit because they're bored or because they're not good at something. And what happens is later in life, they realize, well, if I'm not good at something, I'm just going to quit. If I'm not good at X, Y, and Z, I'm just going to quit. I mean, we quit a lot of things. I mean, I've seen marriages 
when it got hard, they just threw in the towel. This is too hard. I quit. I've seen, I've seen people do that with their lives. I've seen people where they're like, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. And so they just do the bare minimum to just slide by the rest of life. Instead of grabbing every day by the horns and saying, you know what? Today sucks, but I'm going to make the most out of it. Like, I didn't want to do a podcast today. Like I said, I don't know if I said it in this one or the last one, um, but I've been in my feelings recently. I, I get so mad. I have all this rage inside my body that I don't know necessarily how to process yet, nor do I really want to process it yet. Um, but we're, we all go through things whether we want them to be in the open or not. And I've been going through something and I'm not necessarily ready to share what that thing is just because I am still dealing with it. But I do know that we're all going through crap. We all have something that is hard or that is like pushing us. And I challenge you To just hold on. And there's one thing you can hold on that won't move. And that's scripture and that's Jesus and God. So I'm not saying like the scripture and Jesus. I mean, hold on to God. Scripture is from God. Grab those Bible verses. If a Bible verse helps you when you're feeling low and you repeat it in your head, fantastic. If you need to scream at God, scream at God. I promise he can handle your emotions. I promise you he can because he handles mine. (laughs) And I feel hard. Like, I'm, I'm not bipolar, but I feel things a lot. Um, whether it's I'm extremely happy or extremely sad. I don't have the switch thing that bipolar has. Um, where I'm high, really, really high at one point, and then I get really, really low, and it's like someone flipped a switch. But I do, I feel things, like, I, I really, really feel things. Um, so when I'm sad, I'm usually really, really sad. Or when I'm angry, I'm usually really, really angry. And recently, I've just been, I just have this, like, ball of rage in my body. Um, and I'm working through it. I'm trying to, at least. Um, but tenacity is one of those things that's like near and dear on my heart because it's something that I'm going through right now is I'm learning how to be, how to have grit and how to be tenacious, um, how to keep going even when you don't feel like it. And some days it's easier than others, but it is important to understand that one, everybody struggles. And it's okay. But two, even if you're a Christian, you still go through crap. Like, just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean life is all rainbows and butterflies all the time. Like, that's not realistic. And if someone taught you that, I'm so sorry. Because that's not true. You're still human and you still live on this earth. But your perspective is different. So yes, 
Life is not rainbows and butterflies all the time. But you have hope. You have peace. During those times of turbulent waters. Because you know the universe. The creator of the universe. You know where the rock is. You can build your life on solid ground. Because of God and because of Jesus and all the stuff that he did. So, I'm trying to keep this down to 30 minutes. Um, My first one was 29 minutes and 45 seconds. It was perfect. But of course, after you do it once, you do it the second time. I always add more because there's always so much more to talk about. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about the second part of Joseph's life. And we're going to look at him exercising that tenacity muscle. So I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm going to pray for the crap you're going through right now or whatever you're dealing with. I pray that you find your strength in Jesus. And I know that sounds like something so Christian-y to say, but it's true. I really hope that you can find strength in God and in Jesus' arms. Like, that's, that's my hope for you. That's my hope for me. Um, because we all go through stuff. Hey, God, I just pray for whoever's listening to this podcast. I pray that you help them to work that tenacity muscle to keep going, to have that perseverance, God. I just pray with whatever crap they're going through, I pray that they can see a light at the end of the tunnel. But even if they're in the darkest pit of it, Lord, I just pray that you are there with them, that they know that they're not alone and that they know that they can find strength in you. Lord, you give us hope beyond understanding. You give us peace that doesn't make sense. Lord, I just pray that you help us to be tenacious in our faith and to never give up in loving you and hoping in you. And Lord, I pray that you help us to tell other people about you. God, we're so thankful for all that you do in our lives. In your name that we pray. Amen. I love you guys. See you next week.